Chris Creston's back. Good to have you back, Chris. You're back from New York City. Um, that is where we had the breaking news from yesterday at the very end of the show that Harvey Weinstein had been found guilty of rape and sexual assault, but acquitted of predatory sexual assault. Did you uh, witness any of that trial going on? I actually did walk past the courthouse yesterday afternoon and saw all the media, just a circus outside that Center Street courthouse in uh, downtown. I guess it's downtown. What time would that have been? I was probably walking by there around three. Okay, so it, so it was probably post all of the lawyers going out and giving their speeches on the steps? Exactly. So, But reporters for all the 24-hour news channels were still doing their uh the Right behind me, yeah. Harvey Weinstein, exactly. found guilty of rape and sexual assault. Just earlier today, Walker himself down the stairs and, uh, of course, doing their He actually didn't the walk o'clock. himself down the stairs. That was one of the most dramatic things. Apparently, he threw the walker aside. <laughs> I'm and healed. he danced. Oh, damn this thing. It didn't work anyways. No, he didn't do no. <laughs> He didn't do that. Remember, he was found kind of guilty. I can't believe right. we're making... This Sorry. proves we will make light of anything because it's probably too soon. I apologize for our poor taste Me too and soon. immaturity. <laughs> oh, it's Sorry. so good to have you back, Chris. All right, let's get mature here. Alyssa Freeman joins the show. She's our PR and pop culture media expert. Alyssa... Ah, can you bring the voice of reason and rationality and adult? Um, uh, no, listen, I hope so. I mean, that's, <laughs> intro, uh, that's a lot to put on my shoulders. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, let's just okay. start off this way. Um, the New York jury has found Harvey Gild, uh, Weinstein guilty of rape and sexual assault. This was a landmark case for the hashtag Me Too movement. Is this the culmination of the Me Too mo- movement? I don't think it's the culmination. I think it's sort of a bit of a midpoint. As we know, the Me Too movement has been around now for a little over a year, and it's definitely had its ups and it's definitely had its downs. And this is certainly going to give it, A, more credibility and also more momentum. So do I think that this is it for the Me Too movement? They've reached the pinnacle? No. The pinnacle will be when thinking like this, believability of female witnesses like this will start to work its way through the system. We've seen a landmark ruling right now with the Harvey Weinstein case. And, of course, it's going to be cited in every sort of case that's going to come forward, um, you know, in the days and years to come. However, will women still feel emboldened to bring their cases forward if, if, you know, such things happen to them? I don't know. Um, Will people think that this is more of a, you know, women, you know, will will these women still have the credibility if they bring these cases forward? That's also uh, to be seen. And I think what the real marker, Kelly, in this is going to be is what's the sentence? We've heard everything from five years to 29 years. I think that there will be a lot of people who will be very disappointed if he gets the minimum, and there will be shock and awe if he gets the maximum. So a lot of insiders are now saying it might be around in the middle. But the sentence is what's going to put sort of the period at the end of uh, of this issue. All right, let's get to the particulars in the trial, because we know that more than 80 women have, uh, you know, over the years accused Weinstein of misconduct. The New York trial only involved a small group of them. And so the jury was instructed to reach a verdict based uh, solely on the evidence presented in court. They hope to um, provide, you know, a, a, a pattern of predatory sexual assault. And unfortunately, I guess, uh, did not establish that to the to the jury's um 
what standard that they were looking for. Yeah. And status satisfaction. Um, But he was convicted of rape in the third degree involving uh, one of the women. It's a criminal sex act in the uh, and and the other was a a criminal sex act in the first degree. Uh, The conviction of rape in the third degree. I didn't even know such thing existed. Like, isn't rape rape? No, rape in the third degree means the jury can recognize the sexual encounter was not consensual even if they didn't believe the victim was being physically or verbally threatened. It carries a maximum sentence of four years in prison, no minimum. The charge of criminal sex act in the first degree, the range for sentencing is between five and 25 years, which you brought up. But uh, he will now have to register as a sex offender. They failed to show uh, a pattern for predatory um, sexual assault. And I think that that right there might be... Uh, a tipping point, it might be the thing that inspires women to come forward on mass a little bit sooner because part of that was going to be uh, leaning on the testimony mm-hmm. of the uh, Sopranos actor mm-hmm. who had I said, sure. yeah, it was too late for her to come to to bring her um, case to trial, but she was able to support the other women and hope to to establish this pattern of abusive behavior. Unfortunately, that fell short. And in fact, the, the jury were deadlocked. With regard to that, you know, it's interesting because the way that this narrative be, is being parsed by um, the media is, you know, but he wasn't uh, found guilty for predatory sexual behavior. You know, uh, and I think, okay, we know that that's true. But I think that the fact that guilt was found, and yes, people might parse this and saying, well, it was first degree here and third degree here. The, the fact that a jury of seven men and five women believed these women who did come forward is a huge, is a huge step. And also the fact that they were deadlocked on the first, the first charge of sexual predatory behavior also says something. It means that at least half of them believed the women. So for years and years and years where women have not been believed, where they have been bullied out of taking their cases forward, uh, you know, and I don't think that the system is going to change in terms of the way they treat women who come forward with um, sexual allegations. I don't think that's going to change at all. But what it says is, is that there is a believability that people cannot just dismiss this, that people cannot just put it under the rug. And the other thing, too, is, is that really, when you, you know, when you think about the, all the cases, and, and, and this is very high profile, this is the, you know, this is the movie industry where there's, you know, been told, you know, there's the casting couch if you want to get a part. But, you know, what happens when this happens in other industries? And it does. Mm-hmm. It does happen in, under, in, uh, in other industries. And I think, Kelly, that that's where we see if the rubber's going to hit the road. That if you think that your behavior towards women, whether you're another woman or another man, is questionable, these type of things help define what is appropriate versus what is inappropriate. And I think that we would all be shocked about how people really don't know where that line is. Oh, I think they know where the line is. You don't think people know where the line is? I mean, and I know we get into this conversation a lot, but I I think people know where the line is and they just willfully ignore that the line is there and pretend that they can cross it. Yeah, I think that there is some of that. And maybe this will also embolden those people who will continue to cross that line, say, oh, what are you going to do, bring me to court like Weinstein? So, yeah, I think that it's going to um, initiate all sorts of different behaviors, hopefully more positive than negative. 
I think I, I wanted to go back to something you said, and, and you said, you know, I hope we're turning the corner here where, you know, uh, people start believing the women or something like that, because um, mm-hmm. it was a, a couple of minutes ago. And I, I don't want to uh, misquote you, but I was just wondering, should we now be looking at turning that language around just in an effort to actually get things um, to a point of real equality? And, we, and shouldn't we be saying, yeah, it's not that they were willing to believe the w- women. They weren't willing to believe the man in a, in a place of authority that that you know was being accused of doing such nefarious things his excuses they just didn't uh, add up i think that the notion of changing language is really an important one yeah. and i think that there's a lot of narrative tropes that we continue to fall back on just because nobody's ever thought of thinking about it differently sure and i think that cases like this uh, you know, there are a number of women that I've talked to, and you know about my coffee group, right, Kelly? Yeah, I know. I want in um, on that coffee group. Yes, we do. And there's a, they have a number of sons. And, you know, they're all sons that are, you know, in their 20s or at university now, going to be entering the workforce. And they're thinking, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, what if he makes the wrong move? What if he says the wrong thing? And trust me, they're all talking to their sons and saying, listen, you know, obviously all along the way, they've been teaching them, you know, please treat women with respect. But even more so now, because of this new narrative going forward. And you don't want to have anything that you think is inappropriate come up against you. So there's there's sort of a wide ranging of, of opinion, of opinions here that what does language actually mean? What does it mean in, in these type of cases? And how do we start to put it into our regular narrative going forward? Well, and the other thing with language is it can be interpreted differently by the person hearing it, depending mm-hmm. on where they're coming from. It doesn't matter which situation you're in. So, you know, one person hears what you say and reads it this way, and your intention is completely uh, different. It, that is where, you know, it, it goes beyond language. and You have to have conversations that are at length and, and ask, feel free to ask people questions. But I want to uh, I want to turn our attention, if we could just get back to this topic here, to Harvey Weinstein and the way he was removed from court. So I don't know if you heard about this, but court officers oh, yes, handcuffed him, put um, their arms under his and led him out of the courtroom through a side door. They did not use his walker, which he um, relied on for much of the trial. A lot of people say it was a theatrical prop. Uh, Weinstein was later taken from the courthouse in an ambulance, strapped to a stretcher in his suit in what was believed to be a precautionary measure, and was taken to a unit uh, at Belleville Hospital where he will be locked up and held in the jail's infirmary after his lawyers have said that he needs medical attention following an unsuccessful back surgery. How much of this was for um, show to influence a sentence, do you think? Um, I just think that I, you know, I have to believe that this is part of procedure. When somebody is found guilty, this is what happens, whether you're Harvey Weinstein or you're just, you know, Harvey Brown. So I think that the way he was removed from court, um, you know, the way he was transported, uh, that that part I hadn't heard until you told me right now. I have to believe that that follows procedure. Now, we can look at that and say, hmm, you know, what are they trying to say here is that no matter how rich and powerful you are, when it comes down to guilt, we're all, it's an even playing field and we're all treated the same. Yes, that's absolutely a viable narrative. But I still think that the way he was removed from court would have to be in the way that anybody who was found guilty of charges would be removed from court. March 11th is sentencing. It's mm-hmm. pretty speedy. Americans, uh, their their judicial system works a lot quicker than ours. Uh, any feeling on how you think this will go? 
I still think, and, you know, we've been sort of like dancing around this throughout our whole conversation. I still think that there will, this sentencing will have to say something. This sentencing will have to match the crime. And I don't think, and even though his 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 legal team is going to be working overtime right now, and, you know, there's going to be appeals, and right now they're trying to get him out of having to wait in jail for the, before he's sentenced. Wait, I thought he was so, like anyone else. Uh, well, well, the legal team is trying to get him out of that. So it's interesting. Right now he's in an infirmary. So I, I think that the infirmary is sort of one step up from being just thrown in a cell. Well, let's hope Nurse Ratchet is taking good care of him. <laughs> <laughs> that reference I understand, but I think that the uh, I, th- I think that the sentencing uh-huh. is going to also uh, underscore what these charges mean, and I don't think that he's going to get off lightly. I appreciate your time as always, Alyssa. It's such a pleasure having you on the show. We always have great conversations, Kelly. Thank you. Now, are you on the roundtable tonight with Oakley? I certainly am. All right, we'll look forward to that. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. Alyssa Freeman is our PR and pop culture media expert.